Why is a Q grader important to my cup of coffee? The quality and standard of that coffee. Are you a Q grader? We need something that will communicate coffee. 50% who sit this particular exam fail. Passion for coffee. Where is the Q grader if they're going to get involved? Get involved. Yes. What score range do you have to get your coffee in? We'd spend three hours just looking for insects because it's very costly to do. Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today we talk about the Q. Q is in Q grader. Putting the Q into coffee. Why is a Q grader important to my cup of coffee that I'm yeah, drinking? Yeah, really, it's the quality and standard of that coffee you're having. Right. The Q grader, which we're going to talk about, analyzes your coffee that you're drinking mm. and gives it a score, gives it some notes, and says this is true of this coffee that you're drinking. So that the cafe owner, when he buys coffee, right. he can say, "Huh, these." These people have these Q people have said this is really good, and I can trust them. Yeah, and I think for for people who want to watch thirty seconds or listen to thirty seconds of the podcast and be done, I can sum it up by relating it to a salmonier. Yes, I think I'm saying that correctly. Hopefully, uh, we had to work on the pronunciation. Both of us were unsure. Yes, but uh, it's basically you are a a, a coffee salmonier. That's, in a sense. Yeah, it's true. So it's, if you're if, if that's all to the time you have today, you you can go. Uh, otherwise, we're going to go a little deeper, right? Yeah, and and the nice thing about that is yeah. that if you're a, a coffee sommelier, you can talk to a person like myself or others. There's about 360 in the States and yeah. the worldwide as well. And you can find it, re- hopefully, anything that you want to know about coffee. Are you a Q grader? Oh, well, yes, I am a Q grader. So you are questions. a Q grader. I am. I enjoy. I enjoy being a Q. I don't even know what a Q grader was like, sort of, fifteen years ago. I wouldn't know what that was. How did all this? How did all this Q grading business begin? Uh, well, it started in two thousand four when the, they first decided we need something that will communicate coffee, whether you're in Brazil. Ethiopia, United States, New Zealand, wherever you are. And when we say a word, this mm. tastes like peaches, you're all going to understand exactly what peaches are and you're all on the same page. Bang, you've got some uh, credibility. I think sometimes I can think of Q grading or, or, or that process. It's almost, like, it's almost like speaking French, but the language is coffee. That's right. And and I think we talked a little bit in our coffee lexicon episode that we did that series on yes, cupping. Yes, that, that includes it, yes. But there's this concept of like, if you and I, like right now, we can speak the same language and mm. understand each other. If I say cup, we both have an image of maybe a different cup, mm-hmm. but a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and Q grading gives us that that same benefit, that same language, mm-hmm. but in regards to coffee. how did, So so starts in 2004. When did you start getting into Q grading and how did that happen? Right. I Around about 2000, I was getting into coffee. I was actually, I changed countries even to get further involved myself in coffee. Right. And we're about 2000, somewhere in there. So about nine years later... I suddenly, uh, my boss said to me, what's this Q grade? He asked a very similar question. And yeah. I, I looked into it and found it, wow. Well, I, I'd only been around for five years at that point. Exactly. And I looked in and I thought, well, I would, this, here's an exam I actually would love to take. It's scary, silly. It's like, you know, it's the, it's the, you know, the lawyers have the bar exam. Right. This is the coffee bar exam. It's kind of like the master's or like your PhD. PhD, yeah, in, exactly. In this sense, in coffee. Yep. But it's that higher education that's like 
beyond just knowing how to do the job. Mm-hmm. There's the whys involved in it. Lots and of whys. For me, and whys and cues. The whys and cues. <laughs> yeah, they're very good. No, and for me, it was like I, I realized I had this passion for coffee. Mm. And here was a, 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 how I could express myself and think about it and right. not be looked at just as a nerd. But I could uh, find out and delve into it deeply. And actually, they may even let me pass. Yeah. And you probably meet a lot of other like-minded people. You do. And it's 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 nice to be able to talk the same language with other people and not thought of as a, a little odd. So this sounds like some serious business. We've mentioned the word PhD. We've thrown out some master's degrees. How many people partake in or are certified in this? That's, it changes, I'm sure. I Last I looked, there was around about 4,000, I believe, worldwide. Worldwide, wow. 360 in the USA, I believe, in 2016. I'm not sure if it goes... Sometimes it goes down a little bit. Sometimes it goes up a little mm. bit. So some, somewhere in there. The interesting thing of all those people, 50% right. who sit this particular exam fail. Wow. That's not very exciting, is it? It's like, <laughs> oh, no. So it's not... I mean, it's not easy. And it's we'll, not we'll, easy. Yeah, I mean... Which is good that it's not because you are... You are going to be the final say in a sense of coffee and you want to be right you want to be saying the right stuff you don't want to be putting propaganda out there the, to me one of the main purposes of this is for the coffee farmer right he needs to understand what he's growing so that he doesn't just get the word back oh that's really good coffee do it again next year right he needs to know why what's going on how could he improve his coffee and if he speaks a cute language as i do mm. then we can collaborate together and say hey why don't, why don't we why don't you try this this would be very helpful for you uh, to improve your coffee is is q grading always post roast or is it always pre-roast or is it a combination i guess where 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 is the q grader if they're going to get involved get involved right uh it's both to answer your question simply and mm. you're involved in the plant you're involved in the seed and part of if you get if you have some coffee and you send it to cqi and uh, you send in the coffee and a Q grader, it gets sent to three Q graders around that country, mm-hmm. and they all go through it. And what you go through is you have 350 grams of green coffee. It hasn't been roasted yet. So the raw seed, after it's been processed. Yes, it's been through all that process like we've talked about. Right. It, and you go through 350 grams, and you go through meticulously. You go through, it takes quite a long now, time. what does that mean when you go through Because I have seen you... I've seen you at a table with a, a large mat and you are literally oh, yes. almost like you're typing on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going through it. What are yes. you look, like? What are the things that you're just briefly, what are you looking at when you're going through those, those coffees? Yeah. You're looking for, you're looking for a number of things. You actually have a sheet of many things you're looking for. Mm. You're looking for blacks. You're looking for Quakers. You're looking for sows. You're looking for insects. Mm. You're looking for mold. You're looking for lots of things. And you're really of that 350 grams of coffee. I don't know how many coffee seeds that is, but you've, literally got to go through every one of them and turning them over looking at all the sides then come in from the other side and check you haven't missed any here's my question so you're looking for all these defects you yes. know we talked about the borer beetles uh, yes. in an earlier episode you know so you might have bug bites you might yep. have growth defects in the bean or different things are there any things that you can look at with the bean and go oh this is a good bean or is it just the lack of defects signify a good coffee uh, the lack of defect, defects and there's that we put a number a numeric number to it so that uh, mm. you can have no blacks you can have no Quakers you can have a, a certain few what's of, a Quaker? a Quaker is a, a seed that's that's um, not actually you can't roast it you roast it and it's still white and therefore huh. there's these things going on genetically or on the farm that have made what does the, a Quaker look like? It, 
when you first see a Quaker, it's got a slightly darker looking color to it. Interesting. But when you roast it, it doesn't change color. But then you can see it quite usually right. quite but if well. You go, if that goes through the grinder into your coffee. Oh, you'll taste, taste horrible, which is, again, why you want to have your coffee, certainly people to go through and check it for you. And so that's on pre-roasted, that's, that's po- right. post-processed po- coffee. That's pre. No, that's post-processed. Oh, post-processed. Yes, yeah. I see where you're yeah. going. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's, <clears throat> like, what is, is there a score range for green coffee that you're looking for, or, oh. or is it not numbered at that point? No, there, there's score ranges there that you're looking for. And that's for to be classified as specialty coffee. What, yes. what score range do you have to get your coffee in? Oh, well, there's there's a number of categories, but it's a pretty high, for gotcha. you say. And you're allowed... Because you want consistency. You exactly. want a lot of good coffee. And for each of those things we've looked at, talked about already, there's a certain amount you're allowed and a certain amount you're not. Mm. If you have one of them for specialty coffee that coffee will not be special. It will drop in its grade. and It's some commodity of coffee. It could be commercial coffee. It could be all sorts of grades that goes down from there. Yeah, so to take this to a, um, a, a different perspective on the same thing, let's say I've got a coffee farm and I, I want to have my coffee graded so that I can say, you know, Reed Allen Farms has uh, specialty coffee this year from this batch. Mm-hmm. I have to send out six samples of 350 grams each to six different Q graders. And oh, or you, you would send ch- them to a central place, a, a CQI, oh, okay. and then they will take out what they need. So CQI w- would say, you need to send us this much coffee, yeah. and then I would send that to you, they would, they would and send, they would distribute They would send it to three different coffee uh, Q graders. Gotcha. You can also go to a local roastery or wherever you know there's some Q graders around, uh, and you can go and ask them, could you look at my coffee? That's possible. Gotcha. Maybe this is off topic, but do you ever, are there ever issues with farmers sending in coffee that they've already picked through so that they know they can get a good grade? (laughs) I'm sure that's a possibility. I'm sure that's happened. Uh, The long term of that, though, is that once a roaster, like if a coffee got sent to us where I roast coffee Mm. and I would go, I go through the green for it first and I would see this is not good coffee if, if right. he's picked through what he sent to the QCI and he then sends us the normal stuff to us. If You're going to see an inconsistency. I'm going to say, this is not what you said we were going to buy. And I think that's where education is important as far as coffee because let's say you do a bunch of grading and you've been sent this premium coffee that's already been picked through. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, this is a great score. Then I, as a roaster purchase, I say, oh, Paul graded that, said it was really good. Perfect. I'll buy it. I buy a bunch of it. I get it. I need to be able to look at that and at least be able to say, well, this doesn't match what, what the mm-hmm. CQI mm-hmm. was saying or what Paul was saying. This is different. Mm-hmm. So that, I guess that, that's kind of a check and balance. There is. That. And for a roaster, you would be, before you get your green coffee, you, you get often get a pre-shipment sample sent to you and you look at it, you grade gotcha. it. Then you get a sample sent to once it comes into the country and you grade it and look at it again, make sure that everything's wow. consistent. So if you are going to try and cheat the system, that's a lot of work. And a, you have to have a lot of good coffee still in order to cheat the system. True, true. So it's just probably better just to be honest. What role does Q grading play after the coffee's been roasted? Right. Um, You roast it, there's certain protocols that you go, and often they're quite uh, closely related to the uh, uh, SCA, the Specialty Coffee Association. Mm. Uh, And then you will taste and cup. And this is the second huge part of Q grading is, and we've been talking about this, You anybody can do this cup coffee. And it's mm. for a Q grader, you're cupping it, you're going through the SEA form right. in detail, and you're giving it points here and there, you're giving 10 points for 
for uh, sweetness, 10 points for flavor, 10 points for aftertaste if it's perfect. Right, right. And and that is part of the um, Q grading. And interestingly enough, to be a Q grader, you do that as once. Mm Mm-hmm. If you fail once, you get a second chance to do it because it's very costly to do. Mm. You're talking two and a half thousand or more probably. Wow. And then every three years you have to be recalibrated. And that's the cost of to be a Q grader. Yes. Not the cost for the farmer necessarily. No, no, that's no, different. no, no. This is to be you know, certified as a Q grader that you are now right. someone that people can come to. And so it's not just an online thing you can do or something you can do in your spare time. I mean, it, you could, but yeah. it also, no, there's, a, there's a cost associated with it. There is a cost associated. And I always say to people, yeah, how do you become a Q grader? And one, I think you, a passion is very helpful. <laughs> I think almost almost necessary. Yep. As if you were wine or any other, you probably a passion for that particular right. product is going to be helpful. And, uh, and experience is really helpful. You can... You can learn stuff by knowledge, by reading, but for a Q grading, you'd really need to have some experience of, right. of cupping and knowing here's an Ethiopian, here's a Brazil, here's a whatever, Sumatra, and they all taste different. And this is why they all taste different. So as a, as a person who's not a Q grader myself, mm-hmm. is is it more important that I go get roasting experience or barista experience or are both some way in some way applicable? If, if you're thinking about Q grading. If, yeah, let's say I wanted to start on that journey. What would that look like? I would typically, to answer your question, I'd probably say roasting is going to be the place you would find out and study and get experience more than a barista. Barista you can, and mm. it depends who you are as a barista, right. uh, how much you want to know about your coffee and why it's tasting like it is. Right. And I guess that's that makes sense. If you're roasting, <clears throat> you're working with the green coffee, that kind of stuff. Yes. So Q grading process. I've sent you my. I've, well, I've sent my coffee to the QC or CQI. Yes, that's hard to say. Or, you, or you've come to your local roaster that you who know there's a, a Q grader there. But let's say we're going through the CQI. Okay. I've sent them the coffee. They've distributed it out. You've graded it. Yes. Is there a so you've graded the green coffee. Mm-hmm. Do you also roast it and taste it yes. and then give it a score? That's yeah. all a part all of CQI certain, sending it out? Yep. yep. That's, part, that's the two parts. There's the green grading and then there's the cupping, basically, grading that we do at that point, which to get it from green to, to coffee, um, grading it, cupping, you need to roast it. And there's right. protocols there too. One thing I'm curious about, the roasting side of it. Yes. Obviously, if, if they've sent it out to three different people, three mm-hmm. different Q graders, and they're roasting it, there is the potential that each person roasts a little bit differently. There is a potential that, and there's, as I say, there's protocol that you keep within mm. eight to twelve minutes. There's a certain color you've got to have it at, so it's it's tight. Right. But there's always going to be, and I think that's why they have three people do it, so they can sort of check that check on, the, on each yeah. other, make sure Average one person, it out. yeah, and see, oh, one person's way off or two people are off. We need to redo this coffee because this is something's not right, going right here. And so theoretically, you're kind of getting the best case scenario for that coffee mm-hmm. for that sample. Because you know you could have a super highly rated coffee that then you know someone roasts terribly, or yes. so you could make it not taste good even if it's a great coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got we've got pre uh, pre roast and post roast, and that's all for me as the grower, let's say, mm-hmm. to get my coffee graded by Q grading mm-hmm. by the CQI. Mm-hmm. What does that score? Yes, as a farmer, mm-hmm. what does that score give me? Or like, how does that help me? Right. And unfortunately, there's more than just the score. There's a lot of descriptives and and, Mm. and communication that goes at that point with, that comes with it. A lot of documentation comes with that of why we gave it that score, because you can't just write anything down. For the farmer, he can then see, wow, 
um, I've got a I've got a very specialty coffee here. They've given this a high score. Mm. That means I can actually give this to people. I may get even a bigger, better price than I've been asking in the past. Right. And quite possibly because if it's a good coffee, it's a good coffee. And as a farmer, do I have to do that each year? No, you don't have to do it every year. I mean, I guess I say it costs money to do. Right. But um, I think once you've done it once, you, you see where you're at. If you find it's really a bad score, you say, what do I need to do now to increase my score? Because this, on the scale of everyone else, mine's really low there. How do I get up there? Mm. You can certainly ask, um, you have it QGrade and you'll get some right. pointers there and then from those pointers you can go to the people who's going to help you in your particular place at the farmer right. like let me go to a horticulturist now and say okay the Q grader said my coffee was really bitter right is there something that I'm doing on the farm that is affecting its bitterness mm. what's going on here something I just thought of yes I don't know how far I can go with the analogy because my experience is lacking in this field but I think of a purebred dog Oh, I don't know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. might be bad. But so a purebred dog has traits. You know, each breed has different traits and different yes, things like that. Yes. And if I if I'm a breeder of dogs, let's say I breed a set of dogs or whatever they're called, a set, a bundle, <laughs> yes, yes, a, a group of puppies. <laughs> Thank you. And let's say they're show dogs. Well, they're going to get graded on the pure purity of their breed. Mm-hmm. And if I have someone take a look at them, I can get paperwork for these dogs. Yeah. And then yeah. if I go to then sell those dogs, I can prove that I can say, here's the DNA for this dog. Here's mm-hmm. why it's a, here's its, here's its lineage, mm-hmm, that kind of mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of that with coffee. Mm-hmm. Let's say I've gone to you, I've gotten this whole process. You've given me a fantastic score. Thank mm-hmm. you. You're welcome. <laughs> but I can now take that and, and I can use that to market my coffee. Mm-hmm. I can say... I know I talked to Tim Olmquist, who was on the podcast a while back yes. about when uh, when he worked at Clatch and like ordering coffee and how they would sometimes order specific coffee because they know, okay, this coffee has got this flavor, these mm-hmm. things, we want to try that. They get samples and then taste it. So it gives the farmer an ability to say, here's what it tastes like and don't take my word for it. Take this trusted word for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... That's not a bad analogy. It's you know. I guess my dog analogy didn't go very far. Oh, it's it's good. It's the it's true. It's rather than necessarily the the variety and the pure breeding of the coffee. You know, right. a is not looking at that so much. They're looking at more. Okay, here that's all happened, mm. and now you've grown the plant. And we've roasted the plant and we're right. going to check the plant and with the roasting now and, and we're going to say, hmm, this is looking really good. It's, I guess if you're a dog analogy, it's at the show and they, they you know they look and check the mouth and they say, oh, this, that's, that's really I mean. good. I think check the like, length of the fur, yeah. fluffy. It's, this is a nice corgi, whatever right. it is. And I think for that, I was thinking like, okay, this is a good good coffee, a good breed of dog because it doesn't yep. have defects in the fur or yep. it, yep. it, you're it right. looks like what it's supposed to. Fair but yep. I think, I, I, yeah, yep. I agree. So... This sounds impressive. I I remember, you know, I remember when you were studying for it. I remember you having you had a that box of uh, smells. What's that box called? Oh, the Lanez Cafe. Yes, yeah, yeah. the Lanez mm-hmm. Cafe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you had to memorize like a hundred different scents, and then you had to smell oh, well, coffee. I think it was thirty-five, but a hundred. We'll go for a hundred. Or I'll say a hundred today, because I think it, you know it's grown since then. It was it two hundred? I can't remember. It was probably a thousand. Oh, it was. It's yeah. <laughs> I'm still smelling them now. <laughs> But you had to memorize all these smells and then you'd go in and smell coffee and tell them, you know, what coffee it was and all these tests and stuff like this. So really, I guess what I'm getting at, there's a lot to it. How does one begin to prepare for something like this? Like it doesn't, it's not necessarily, 
it doesn't seem like the most, you know, you just do a little bit of coffee work and then you'll get it. You know, it's not just a, a quick and easy thing. Yeah. I mean, how do you prepare for such a thing? I've talked about experiences is really helpful. Right. Having some, reading some books, true, that give you knowledge. I think experience tops that as such. Mm. Probably, like, if our, any of our listeners want to become Q graders and want to go look into that further, yeah, they're on a good ride already. They've already started. If you're dedicating time to listen to a podcast that, on coffee. I would say if you listen to Bean Stuff, if you have a gram scale and you know what a burr grinder is, you're on your way. Now, I would, I would put this caveat in here. Yes. And I would say if you've listened to all 42 episodes so far. Yes. You will probably still fail the, the Q grading yeah, test. Yeah, yeah. Because as I say, you need experience. It's just not knowledge by itself. You need some some right. experience to. For me, it was um, having ten years of roasting experience and buying green coffee and tasting and cupping and cupping every day. Mm. And then I came along, came beside me. Bruno Zuzo came along to me, and he'd already done it once, and he helped me immensely in saying, "Okay, let's see what where you're going. Let's hone your skills here." So some mentorship as well. Mentorship was really helpful. I had another, uh, Stephanie, uh, who now works at Buckman, Buckman's here in, in, in Portland. Mm-hmm. We would meet once, two weeks, every three weeks. We'd spend three hours just wow. looking for insects uh, in our coffee. The, the, Practicing. The, the, yeah, just also organic acids. We'd look at, we'd do all the millennials. You found just, organic acids with your fingers? No, no, no. Yes, I, I got my fingers. You had your fingers moving at the same time. I was still on the green grading, and then I'm moving on. Playing the piano, and and like like organic acids, you can do it at home. You can mix salt with 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 sugar and make solutions, and say this one's more salty than this one, and then this one's more sweet than this one. This has got vinegar taste. It just goes on and on. Well, and when we talked to Michael Ryan uh, a while back now as well, who I believe is a cute grader. Oh, there we go. Um, but one of the things we'd asked him was like, what's an important piece to work on as you're, you know, mm. working on in coffee and as you're establishing yourself in the industry. And he, he had said, work on your palate as a, as yes. a point to focus on. And yes. I think yeah. with Q grading, obviously there's the visual aspect of, of grading the green coffee, but there's a lot with the palate as mm. well. There is, there um, is. And that comes with experience. You you have to taste a lot of coffee to understand what that is like and it's and get true. the nuances with yeah. that. And with, with the whole Q grading thing, uh, if you're these days at six days it was different to my when I did it earlier on. Now those six days are they they're pretty relaxed six days. They're just one test a day, just kind of hanging out, oh, travel my. somewhere, go lay see the sites back. for most Talk of about it. lay back. I would just, no, <laughs> it was six days of intenseness. And the first, I believe, three days is just learning and getting more knowledge, more understanding, tasting practices, et cetera, mm. with it. And uh, doing getting a, comfortable with everything. Yep. Having but a practice test on the, those three days. But it's not like a relaxed, comfortable. It's like this no, is No, there's this a is goal in mind. Depth. Yeah, because yeah. you know the second three days is, right. f- I think, 19 plus whatever exams. Right. So it's 19 exams on triangulation, and then you move into the uh, 100 question uh, questions about coffee. Uh, it so reminds me a bit of when you took your citizenship test. Oh, uh, that was easier. Serious? It really was. <laughs> <laughs> but you had, you had six days, yes, intense sorry. three days are first uh, kind of getting getting warmed up, getting ready, yep. learning, getting yep. uh, kind of dunked in the deep end, I mm-hmm, guess. Mm-hmm. You're getting ready for that. So dunk. after those three days of dunking in the deep end, what, what's horrible. next? 
Oh, then there's, as I say, there's three days of exams. Wow. And, oh, that's right. And I, what is it? I don't know. I can't remember how long it was the day. Probably you know, eight hour day sort of thing. You had lunch, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> you were in a dark room, <laughs> chained to your desk. <laughs> well, sometimes you were in a dark room because you didn't want to see the color of the, they wouldn't allow you to see the color. You had wow. to, there was a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Infrared. I don't Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, um, and it's just, I mean, for me, it came down to stamina. Yeah. And you want to make decisions calmly, yet quickly. There's some there's some general testing yep. knowledge that's applicable. And, and because you're going to be tasting so much, you don't want to waste your precious taste buds. You want to just, just do what you need to do and right. don't go overboard. I think the biggest thing, I don't know if this is what you learned from Q-graining or something else, but the one of the biggest things I've learned in tasting coffee, specifically smelling coffee, is to smell the coffee. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. smell the back of your hand or your Perfect. shirt or something to, to cleanse out You're your almost nasal. almost a Q-grader read. Just, actually, actually, that tip that you're talking about there, yeah. I learned that when I first went to be a Q-grader. One of the other guys... Now, um, when you say first, did you fail your test? No, no. Fortunately, I got it oh, first time, fortunately. My. I think the acid pairs, uh, pairing acid coffees, I think I failed that, but they allow you to do it sit three times on that one day. Right. And I did the second time, and I, I did, I, I relaxed, I got calm, and it was a breeze at that point. But you learned about the sniffing. Oh, yes. That's where I first learned. We were doing triangulation, and with mm. triangulation, you smell the coffees, and then you do a, like a cupping, full-on cupping, and you do this for heaps of coffees <laughs> and you know it's one which one's not like the other two sort of right. thing all the way from sniffing to full-on cupping mm-hmm. at, at, as we got towards it uh he said you know i i've learned something really easy here mm. uh, not easy i've learned something really important here. he says i smell the coffee and that's basically all i do i don't bother about the cupping almost and our leader then uh, who was originated this whole Q grading uh, system? Yeah. He said that is very perceptive. He said he says I agree. I, he said eighty percent of what you're going to cup mm. is what you smell. That really helped me because then on from then on and today now I'm smelling coffee before I taste it. Yeah. If I don't get a chance to taste it. I don't care. I'm going to smell it, and that gives you a lot of information about that coffee. And then smelling your hand in between different coffees Just allows neut- you to neutralize yep. what your palate's tasting or smelling. Yeah. So yeah. I want to kind of shotgun real quick. Yes. Real quick. Just bang, bang, bang. Okay. Ooh, um, here we go. It's different... like a exam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is your first test. Ah. Um, some of the sections that you would, you would put in our notes about what things you need to know about in yeah. order to kind of take uh, or to look at this exam, I just want to kind of go through some of those quickly because I think we'll go through some of them a little more deeply in other episodes. Yeah. But yeah. What, what, what are some of those those areas of expertise that you kind of get tested or graded on? Oh, there's there's a lot. I so say there's 19 tests you're going to get, and one of those tests is you know a day of cupping of th- four different origins or three. In my day it was four. I think it's now three different origins. Yeah. And you have six cups on each flight, and you, it goes on and on. Oh, wow. So the, one of the first ones is olfactory to do with the nose and smelling like we're talking about mm-hmm. and the big one there is buy yourself or find someone who has a Lanez du Cafe set of the 35 I think is flavors 35,000 <laughs> 35,000 flavors <laughs> and just start doing there and start there mm. and you will surprise yourself how quickly you can learn and relearn something that you thought was tobacco something you thought was was apple you go this is I'm smelling this and this is actually what apple really smells I realize what I thought apples smelled like before, 
I was a little off. That mm. wasn't quite Apple. I was thinking something else, actually. But here you have a box that just helps you hone in and standardize. Centralize. Centralize. Yep. Earthiness. Oh, smell it. And it smells like dirt. You go, okay. <laughs> so it's old so factory. Old factory. Then there's cupping. Cupping that we've gone through a lot of. And you're going to look at. And specifically in cupping, the triangulation type. Well, is no, that, cupping, it's, cupping is separate to triangulation. Ah, I was but wrong. But triangulation does include cupping. So there's triangulation. Triangulation. I enjoy triangulation. As I say, you smell it and you, you learn a lot. And that's where you have two cups, two cups maybe from Colombia, one cup from Brazil, and you've got to decide which one. So is, one of which these things the is not the same, but two of them are. Exactly. We could sing the Sesame Street. Uh, <laughs> I, right was just, I was just thinking that. Yeah, one of these things is not like the others. And but they have like they have a set of three, and there's six sets wow. on each table, and then they take all those and give you another set of six, and then take that into another set of six, and. <laughs> It's like I gotta stop. I'm onslaught, overload onslaught, onslaught, onslaught of coffee, uh, and it, some of them gets very specific. Like you get three coffees from Colombia, right? But one of oh, them, but different regions, regions or different, or different processes. Yeah, wow. yeah. They they, and then then they'll add a little certain acid there um, to one of the cups. To one of the cups, in particular the cupping ones. Now, and it tastes like. Tastes like blue cheese, and uh, coffee probably shouldn't taste like that. <laughs> no, I think if your coffee tastes like that, there's something wrong. Something's wrong there, and so they're just checking that you're not just writing ticking answers, mm. and you've got to have a calibration before all this so that you're all on the same page. So right. it's, if someone is is way off, it will be noticeable. So you can't just make the stuff up. You've got to you've got to be honest of what you're tasting. Yeah, and we move to sensory. Sensory, as I, that's mixing, uh, matching organic acids. There's phosphoric, acetic, citric, malic, all that sort of stuff. And that's really going between sweet, sour, and salty, wow. uh, which you can do in the kitchen yourself. You can start right. working those things out. But there's identifying? Identifying roasts, and that's really the color. You've got Agtron you're do, working with, and you're just sorting out what, what well, colors ag- are which. What's, can you give a two-sentence description of what an Agtron is? Sorry. It's a, it's a machine that you grind coffee um, that once you've roasted it, and you put it looks like a microscope, a big or or a photocopier almost. <laughs> you put it under there, and it takes a picture of that, and it gives you a, an exact color of what that coffee is. Wow. Okay. Coffee photocopier. Expensive. <laughs> so you've got that, and you've got green coffee, like we talked about. With the yeah. You, yeah. Four boxes. They give you four boxes, and you pull them on the ground, and you've got to with. And all this is timed. I think I said. I think I wrote at the beginning. I really like mm. this. I, I'm going to say this. Say it. But uh, the whole exam felt like this to me. If yeah. I, if I could put it this way, <laughs> it was trying to meditate in a traffic jam, uh-huh. whilst eradicating noise, aromas. Flavors of the coffee you've just tasted, your own subjectivity to identify the truth. Well, well, close to it. All that's done amongst other nervous and amped up people. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the whole thing is timed. And then with I say with this too, you, you do this. And then three years later, it's good that we have to recalibrate. I don't know, $500 to recalibrate to make sure you haven't sort of to slowly gone off and you're now saying words that are not actually coffee words or you're, you're, you're tasting stuff and you're not giving the right score compared to everyone else. So you right. you come together. That's just a day course where you come together and you do three different flights of coffee mm. and you've got to be recalibrated and you can fail that one too and you've got another one more chance to do that. So we've kind of talked about already um, – you know, all these processes and pieces. We've talked about the fact that, you know, this is good for farmers because they get an identifier that they can use mm-hmm, to then mm-hmm. market. Um, I mean, also, if you get a bad score, it helps you understand what's wrong with your coffee. Yeah, what do I need to do here? Yeah, It's good for you as a roaster because you can look at it and say, oh, man, all right, this is being graded. I know what 
I, I know I can trust that score mm-hmm. and I need a coffee that's going to do this in my blender or this. Or you roast the coffee and then you do your Q grading of cupping right. it and you go, this is working. Or, no, this is not where I need to change my whole profile for the, for this particular coffee. There's a lot of benefits to saving you money as the roaster because you can then buy coffees that hopefully are exactly what they say they taste like mm-hmm. or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as the, as the farmer, I think if you're doing a good job, it's kind of a reward is in, you know, yes, your mm-hmm. coffee is good and here's somebody else saying it's, uh, it is good as well. If someone's interested and they're mm-hmm. like, I want to get on that train, mm-hmm. where would they, where should they go to start finding more information okay. about Q grading? I would start in your kitchen kitchen okay and that when i say that i sort of uh, what i mean is you taste your coffee mm. give your coffee a score start working on is this uh for q grading yeah. you want 80 plus and out of 100 out of 100 points and 10 is towards flavor 10 is towards aftertaste 10 is right. towards aroma and all the way up there so just start giving your coffee say i think this is a woo. this is the best coffee ever. this is a 90 which is pretty high, but if it's special to coffee, it's going to start at 80 and it's going to go all the way up there. Right. Yeah. So that's just a good way to start training your mind to think, and I often say that, to think about your coffee. If you, if you, uh, after you've done that and you realize I'm enjoying this and I, I, we've sort of said, well, I think it's more than enjoying it. You know, you're, you're, you're passionate. Like you had said. Yes, exactly. The SCA has Roasters Guild and they have yeah. a lot of different levels. You can go level one, level two. There, there's a whole lot of things going on there. Yeah. You can go to Boot Coffee down in San Francisco and he mm. does, he does actually Q classes as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of places you can go to get this done. And we'll put some links to those resources as well. But, and this is again, pretty overviewistic, if that's a word. This is you <laughs> it's know, a good word. Uh, 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 like, you know, it's a pretty high level view of everything that's going on. In, in future episodes, we want to go into like triangulation. What is that? And kind of looking at some of these broken down uh, as they relate to Q grading, but also just as they relate to coffee. coffee. Thank you so much again for listening to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you're curious, you have more questions about Q grading, or we said something, you're like, oh my goodness, they're yes. 100% wrong. That's right. Definitely let us know. 